The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Raising the Bar with your host, Amy Bredo. Do you ever listen to that inner voice? The one that tells you that you can achieve great things just by giving yourself a little push? Making that voice heard is what this show is all about. What if you could turn your negatives into positives? You'll hear from others who have embraced that personal drive and will help you raise the bar. Now, here is Amy Bredo. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday morning, and you are listening to Raising the Bar with me, your host, Amy Bredo. Today, I have a very special guest. It's funny. I met her through a mutual friend, and I thought, um, given the show we had last week talking about anxiety and depression in today's youth, and uh, my son Joey was on and had talked about his battles with anxiety and depression and his attempted suicide. I wanted to bring more to the table, and um, I always say it's a God thing, but through a mutual friend, I learned about this beautiful woman named Carol Fruin, who is not only a mom, but she's a speaker and an author, and she had to experience, alongside um, with her husband and other children, the loss of her son, Grant. Uh, Grant passed away through suicide, and I will let Carol go through that more, but I just wanted to be sensitive to this issue because I think it's a a really relevant issue and it's something that's happening far too often in our society of kids today and by kids, children, I should respectfully call them, you know, meaning from early adolescence, you know, through their early 20s. And so anything we can do to deliver a message of encouragement, of positivity, and of hope after a tragedy like this is just something that's just so important to me. So, Carol, welcome to the show. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I, I really appreciate your willingness to share your experience. How are you? Thank you, Amy, and um, I'm doing really good, and thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Now, I think that your story is is an important one to share. I think, unfortunately, there's probably a lot of families that can relate to it, and there's many of us that have been affected by suicide and experienced loss um, of a loved one through suicide. And I think that in many instances, it would be a normal thing to be in a really dark place after experiencing such a thing. But your story, you know, is amazing. And, it, and it's, and it's such, a, such a journey of hope. So would you mind sharing a little bit of background with us? Sure. Um, well, let's see. Uh, Grant was our oldest. We have three children, and so he passed away um, six and a half years ago. It'll be seven years this August. Uh, He was 15 at the time, six weeks from being 16. He just started his sophomore year of high school. Um, We also have a son named Hayden. He is 20 months younger than Grant, so Hayden was 14 at the time Grant passed away, and he just started his freshman year of high school. And then our daughter Emily is now 17. Um, but I believe she was about 10. She was in fifth grade. Okay. And um, 
make an extremely long story short, um, we would always have to say that I do not believe that our son did battle depression. Okay. His suicide to us was more of when it's an impulsive um, situation. Um, he was kind of having a, a struggling time um, with his girlfriend. So- and just to summarize it very briefly is that I just would say that things kind of went bad for him on that weekend after the first weekend of his sophomore year of high school and things went bad from Friday night and by 7.30 Sunday morning, he or yeah, at 7.30 Sunday morning, he was dead. Uh-huh. So that's how quickly that happened. Um, us as being thinking involved, knowing parents were pretty much clueless to the entire situation. So it was a shock and um, and not we weren't really familiar with suicide at all. So it, it's really it's a it's a dreadful, horrible thing to happen in your family. Um, I think a lot of times there's shame with it, and that always hurts me to talk with other people to see if they're still battling shame because I don't think there should be shame with it. Um, we were fortunate that Grant did leave a letter. So um, so many times they hear suicide that they don't. So we did know what it was about. But also at the same time, you have to realize that when a person is to that point, um, they're not, I don't believe that they're thinking clearly in their head and they have spiraled down a horrible hole that they couldn't seem to get out of. Um, And so I I always feel drawn, you know, I just feel sad when people, if I hear another story of whether... um, it's attempted suicide or suicide or if there was depression leading up to it. It's just, it's a sad thing. And if there's any way to stop anyone else from doing it, I would love to do that because there is so much hope in the world. There's so much to look forward to. There's, um, that's not the answer. It, it, it never would be the answer. Um, right, right. So. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I had a, a question for you. Um you know, I knew you, when we had spoken on the phone just the other day, you were talking about how, you know, Grant didn't appear to suffer from any kind of depression. And it's just interesting to me and heartbreaking to me how that um, level of Im- impulsivity in our children can occur just so quickly. I mean, these kids have have so much pressure and so much stress upon them, whether it's, I'm not blaming social media, but I do think... Uh, just the pressure kids are under with social media and being teenagers on their own. I mean, geez, I remember being a teenager and part of it is horrible, you know, um, but just how quickly that that can creep in and it just seemed like such a hopeless situation that we get ourselves to a point or the kids get themselves to a point of, of just not wanting to return. And Right, it's just like a point of despair and it's so sad that you can get to that point you know so that's what's so hard to wrap your brain around how could it be that bad that that's your only way out but unfortunately I think that is more prevalent now I don't really remember it when I was younger so it it is an odd thing that that's happening so much Um, but um, you know God is good and he (laughs) he gives you a lot of hope and a lot of love and um you really can move on from it. And um, I, I just think, I, I, I guess my prayer is to people that if they ever did feel that low, to know that it, it isn't right and to ask for help and have someone pray with them, have bring it, 
don't be in your own hole by yourself. You know, reach out to someone um, because it isn't healthy. It's not. It isn't how we are created. Um, you know, and and it like I always say, like Jesus came to give life and give it more abundantly, and that's not being abundantly. So something's not right. Like you are being attacked, and that's where I feel like people need to realize that that in their brain something's not right, and they have to reach out for help. And trust me, if we had any clue, any inkling, any anything, this whole county would have come over and helped him. So right. I think that sometimes it's not that they don't feel loved. I think they just feel in so despair they don't know which way to turn, and that's what's so heartbreaking because there's so many people that would help. Right, and I want to be, I feel all of a sudden to say, you know, you know, I I, um, I share the same the same belief as you, and you know, some of our listeners will, and some of our listeners won't share that belief, and and that's okay. But what I would share about our faith or my faith, you know, is that you know suicide is not unforgivable, and I think that when people get into that place of despair and then they're that low, then they may tend to like beat themselves up more, and that maybe they did something wrong, maybe something wrong was done to them, and they feel worthless. Right. I would want to give that message of hope without um, preaching in this moment because I want this to be about your story. But but you're right. Just that, you know, God is good. And even in those dark moments, and maybe you don't know God, maybe you don't believe in God, but just reach out and ask, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. That's just something that I felt really important to share that, you know, yeah. God is there all the time. And I know that you and I had spoken about being angry with God. You know, I've spoken to other couples and other people that I know that have lost their children. And I know a lot of people are pretty pissed. And there's no better way to say that. When you lose a child, it's mm-hmm. a bunch of crap. No one should lose their right. their kid, whether it's through an illness, whether it's through an accident, whether it's through a suicide. Mm-hmm. So as a mom, um, you know, it's it's hard to say to somebody that everything happens for a reason and I've talked to other people about that and you and I shared that like our, our these people have lived the lives that they were intended to live but for this, those of us that are left <laughs> that's really hard to get a handle on and um, I know C- Kristen had shared with me about Grant's service and how um, you know you were really able to shine God's word throughout that service. Can you tell me how how did people or his friends and your family how did they respond at his service? I th- I think it's a pretty cool story. <laughs> it is kind of crazy. It's crazy how God works. Um, well, we ended up doing a memorial service for him at his high school because um, we just had this feeling that a lot of people would come, and we were right. They did. I think over two thousand people came to his service. Wow. My okay. brother-in-law is a pastor down in Alabama. He was our really good rock support person, as well as our pastor here in um, in our town. But um, my brother-in-law was shared at his service, and basically, um, it, he just was really. Um, how do you want to say, just really listen to the Holy Spirit, and um, he just invited people up after it was done if they did want to accept Jesus into their heart, as well as if they really just wanted prayer. And, um, and you know, it was something I wasn't really expecting at my son's memorial service, but it was just at the moment that it happened, and I think probably 400 people went up um, to oh my pray for or what have you. It was just like the whole school went forward. Um, but it was such a, it was a really beautiful service. It really, what they did, you know, 
I think at that time you're just really numb when you're going to your own son's memorial service because you're like, wait, wasn't I supposed to go to a football game that right. night before? So it's a very shocking thing in your head, but at the same time it was a really, really beautiful service. And, yes, um, I do feel that people really were drawn closer to God. I think, um, me, myself included, that obviously you do get angry at God as to why why did this happen? How could he allow it to happen? How could you allow a 15-year-old to lose their mind and do this? Couldn't you do something to stop it? You can do miracles all the time. Why didn't it pour down rain that morning and he wouldn't have done that? Because he, he ended up shooting himself is what he did. And I know he loved his gun. He didn't want it to get it wet. So I would think of things in my head that way, like, God, you can do so many things. Why? Why did you just say it was a thunderstorm? Like something. Right. And so you can question God and question why he didn't stop it. He's all power, all, you know, type of thing. But I know at the same time there's the old free will thing, which I understand that. So you really go through a twist in your head with it. Um, but, yes, the faith thing was huge. It brought people a lot closer to God. Um, it really um, pushed on my journey to not question God so much. I did. Trust me, I did. Um, but in my questioning is where then I fell in love with God. And he turned okay. out to be my best friend. So yeah. that's my whole story in a very short nutshell. <laughs> I pursued God. I pursued him. Yeah, pursued that's him. a huge nutshell. And just in, we're, and I apologize for interrupting you. In just yeah. our last few moments here, before we go to our first break, I think you really summarized it great in just those last few sentences saying about how you drew close. You know, mm-hmm. I... Uh, after we spoke for quite that, t- you know, quite some time the other day, I tried to put myself in your shoes, which clearly and respectfully, I know I can never do. But I, but I was trying to imagine what my faith would be in those dark moments, and I want to say that I'd want to draw close. But I'm also human, and I know myself too, so I'm pretty sure I would be frustrated. But mm-hmm. what what happened in you? And what happened in some of his friends and what has happened in your community since is such a a story that has these interesting twists and turns and and really messages of hope. And I did want to just touch on something we spoke about earlier. You know, you you had commented on there was a relationship issue and stuff like that. There is in no way um, any implication in any of this conversation that we are saying that this is one anybody's fault outside right. of um, that choice that w- that was made by Grant that day. So I just wanted to respect you and you, our conversation and be very respectful to the people that were involved. That in no way are they being blamed. So right. um, and that's another uh, another great story of such an amazing healing relationship that I can't wait for you to share. So so in in that altar call we can call it or or the people coming up that just needing needing some comfort needing some prayer. Um, were, you know, is it safe to say that the majority of those people were students? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of students, a lot of um, football. He plays football. He was really involved with that. Um, just a lot of students in general, um, a lot of football players, though, and a lot of parents, a lot of just brokenhearted people that were just brokenhearted over the situation or that just were in, in a point in their life that they needed, um, that they needed a Savior, they needed Jesus, they needed healing. And it was like a really healing moment, I guess, at the end of that service of healing of broken hearts, if I can say it that way. And there was actually just joy afterwards. And um, we we let off a bunch of balloons after outside, and 
um, the, the school was so cooperative, and it was just an actually a very sad day turned into a joyous day, if I could say it that way. Um, and that, you know, I think sometimes you feel like God has lost control of the world because we're out of control. But right. He really has it. He has it lost control. And we're just at a moment that we don't understand. Um, but all things work together for good that for those uh, that love the Lord and are called according to His purposes. And that's what you just have to hold on to, that somehow there's going to be uh, joy for mourning and uh, beauty for ashes. And that's what God does And out of that horrid situation. Um, he's just made some beautiful things, and um, <clears throat> lives have been changed, if I could that- say it that way. That is such a miracle. You know, we're going to take a quick break. And I love the point that we're we're just kind of stepping back from because I can't wait to share more about this journey. And Mm -hmm. uh, we will be right back. You're listening to Raising the Bar. And we will talk to you in just a moment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Have you considered expanding your family through adoption, but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. What makes you a success? Is it your business or career? Is it your family and social life? How do you achieve the next level in your success? Tune in to Infinite Success Radio with host Rachel O'Brien Eddy. Rachel and her amazing guests are here to encourage, inspire, and empower you to take control of your destiny and achieve the level of success you were born to reach. How do ordinary people become extraordinary? Find out with Infinite Success Radio, broadcasting live every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Raising the Bar. Today we are talking to my new amazing friend, Carol Fruin. And we were just talking about uh, the message of hope. And we're going to especially get to a message of forgiveness and um, 
repaired relationships too. And, you know, Carol, for those of us, or for those listeners that are just jumping on, you know, Carol lost her son, Grant, uh, or your whole family, your husband and your other children, um, almost seven years ago to suicide. And we're just talking about how sometimes, you know, you can see anxiety and depression in our children. And sometimes, like in this case, it was more of um, an impulsive, drastic measure. But the the beautiful things that have happened since Grant's passing, and the first one being at his memorial service, 2,000 people attending, and over 400 just stepping forward to the pastor to either ask for prayer, um, accept Christ as their Savior, and just get some healing in their own hearts. The fact that he was able to make such an impact on that many people at such a young age I mean, there's just, that's such a beautiful moment right there for you and your family, as I'm sure there were really tough days. Um, For you, Carol, and and your husband, I know that I've spoken to other people that have lost children. That's not an easy road to travel. I know that through severe illness or death of a child, a lot of couples don't pull through. And I know that that can only outside of your great relationship be attributed to your faith and um, you know, the support of your, of your other two children. And I just wanted to thank you. I don't know. It sounds kind of weird, but it's a blessing that you guys have stuck it out together and, and remained in, in a committed um, marriage to be there for your family through, through such a hard time. Mm-hmm. You know, Thank I think you. it's an, an important acknowledgement. But also, I wanted to talk the community that you live in. Anybody that's from the Midwest, if you've ever heard of Huntley, Illinois, then that's a miracle. <laughs> but it's a great, 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 great town, great community. And you and I were talking about how you guys have some acreage, you have a lake, you've got four wheelers. So the kids in your area, though you were neighbors, there's some, you know, distance between your homes because there's acreage. So you guys have a pretty tight knit group of kids always hanging around, right? We do, we do, and especially with us having the lake kind of are always the focal point with the kids in the area. Um, yeah, and then, of course, they really all were kind of young. They didn't have their licenses yet, so their modes of transportation to each other's houses were basically four-wheelers um, <laughs> or bikes or something like that. And, um, yeah, and that's how we all, they all got around to each other, and we always were the hot spot to go swimming or have bonfires late at night, et cetera. Fun. Um, yeah. So... And so you had close. a, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh-huh. Um, no, they, they just were a really close group of friends. And um, a lot of the little the neighbors, in a sense, had children very similar in ages to our kids. Okay. So after Grant's passing, mm-hmm. did, you, did you guys as a family find yourselves still in communication with his friends? Did they, I'm going to use the word freak out because that's what comes to me. I apologize. You know, I think <laughs> death Death is so scary. Illness is so scary. Traumatic accidents are so scary that people don't know what to say. And I and I've like I said, I've discussed this with other with other people and friends and guests. And there's nothing you can say. Asking somebody how they're doing is a genuine caring question, but it's also stupid. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. did you did you well, find okay, it that you the kids were still around? In scenario and and again, I just you know obviously wasn't ever in it before, so I couldn't compare it, but. Um, I thought what was really touching, actually, is um, Grant's friends really just, they were always at my house anyhow. They were really at my house, which was really a blessing. It was a blessing to Hayden, our son. and um, Oh, they still were at the house. I'm sorry. I had a they were. Time. They came over all okay. the time. In fact, uh, a couple of the girls, um, Jennifer being one of them, 
sorry, I might get emotional now, sorry, but okay. uh, a couple of girls were really sweet, and every morning, because uh, it was like a week from his death to his memorial service, so okay. I think that entire week, um, they came over just early in the morning, and they came and made pancakes for us, and <sighs> you know, the whole community, uh, some people said they would drive by, and we had so many cars in our driveway, they wouldn't even stop. But we basically had a visitation at our house a whole week. And okay. I think that's how it is in the country, because um, I was talking to my sister that lived, lived in Burrington, and she always says, oh, my gosh, Carol, she said, people here just would put food on the front door and leave. And she's like, here at your house, your house is full of people all day long. And right. I mean, some people wouldn't like that, but that was just our community. Like, they hurt so bad, they, all they wanted to do was just to love on you and take your pain away. And that's what they did, and they were so comforting and wonderful, wonderful. The kids never really felt that they shouldn't come over. They okay, were good. here a lot. Um, and then I'll just maybe, because I know we kind of want to talk about the dream. I don't know if you want me to pull this in right now, but um, after Grant's service, we it's kind of hard to explain all this. That's kind of why I wrote a book, because my girlfriend said it was book long. But we had we did a little visitation for Grant like just a very private little visitation because we couldn't do, and I don't want to get graphic, but we couldn't do an open casket. Right. Um, and so we did a little visitation, and not many people came. It was very private. And okay. then I'm going to fast forward. Um, then quite a few months later, one of his really, really, really good friends named Hannah um, contacted my husband and I, and she came over one morning in tears, but also excited. But she had had a dream about Grant, and okay. I don't know if, I'm sure people that have lost loved ones, that's like always the best thing you can get is a dream because you can look at pictures and videos all day, but they're just, it's still not the same as actually seeing them in a dream because you can communicate or just something. You can just see them in real life. And um, she had had a dream about Grant and um, basically she described what he was wearing, which was basically exactly what he had on in the casket that no one really got to see because we had to have it closed. So only and you would the know dream, that. Um, in the dream, she, he told her, um, I'm kind of fast-forwarding all this, but in the dream, he told her um, to tell his family that he loved us and that he was sorry, but that he just didn't want to feel the hurt anymore, and to tell his family that um, not to be sad anymore, that he's okay and that he's in heaven, um, but he wanted her to help me, his mom, tell his friends that Jesus is real and heaven is real. Wow. And so Hannah told us this on a uh, early April morning in 2010. That would have been about six or seven months after he passed away. And um, it just was awesome. And when she explained what he was wearing, we about fell over because we said that's what he was wearing. Oh, my and gosh. I really have a question for you. Time. I have a question about Hannah quickly because yeah. I think it's interesting. She had this dream, you know, and I, I believe, honestly, um, that... Grant was communicating with her because this is a hugely important message, clearly. And what was her faith at the time? And and this could just be a quick, simple answer because I'm 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 sure we could go on about it. But you know, was she very receptive to that? Did she think it yeah. was weird? I, was, she, I, I think she always believed in Jesus. I think she always believed in heaven. I know she was a Christian, but I think it okay. catapulted her faith. But it also put her into a little bit of a fear, uh, not a fear, but she just said. We need to tell his friends, you know, quickly. I could tell she had an urgency with it. Okay. Um, and so we ended up, I think she told us on a Wednesday, and by that Sunday evening, um, we invited a lot of his friends over to our house to share the message, and Hannah was actually, you know, 
part of explaining all of the message part of it, yeah. So we had a house full of kids that I knew a lot of them, but a lot of them, you know, some of them I didn't know as well because, you know, they might have just been like football high school friends or, you know, you don't know all of the friends, but. Right. Yeah, so it really catapulted her faith and she shared it and it was a really, really awesome night, one that I'll never forget. Um, then I don't know if you want me to go on then. Well, I would like to touch on two of the people that you know specifically that this story impacts, and one would be Jennifer, and please remind me of his other friend's name, the young man. Uh, Kevin. Kevin. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know you had mentioned to me that Kevin was not there that night, correct? But Hannah had spoken to him outside of that gathering? Oh, well, his, um, his two sisters and his brother was here that okay. night, and so okay. they got to share with him about the met, yeah about Grant's message. So now yeah. this is April. You deliver this message to these kids. I'm sure some of the kids were receptive, and I just have to assume, which I know I shouldn't, that maybe some of the kids were just like, okay, you know. Um, but it's all no. I think a lot. Of, I think all of them were extremely receptive. And to be really honest with you, I think a lot of them were relieved that he was in heaven. Yeah, I bet. I could just see the relief on their faces. I remember the Kleenex box just getting tapped constantly. It was a really <laughs> emotional night, but it was also fun. And it, right. it was just, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, but then do you so want that's to April. share then what happened shortly after? Yeah, please go. Please go. Okay. Continue. So then that was in April. Um, and then what happened was unexpectedly then in July, a couple months later, um, his friend Kevin, Grant's very good friend Kevin, passed away. He uh, rolled his truck on our road. He was 21. Um, and like I mentioned, he wasn't there that night, but his brother and two sisters were. His brother, um, Dave, is, was one of Grant's very, very best friends. And they they have a dairy farm right behind us, but we're in the country. So it's probably like, I don't know, half a mile via a farm field and a creek. And right. so my kids always hung out there all the time and so that was really shocking and it was um you know I think a lot of it I always thought too is I think with Grant's message with that is that it just really encouraged these kids that there is heaven you know that they're going to see Kevin again um I think it was a complete shock to our community um I'm kind of going really fast forward here also that night um there's another family that lived directly behind us, so we're in the country, but another farm field in Creek away. Um, they have a family of three, and sorry. That's okay. Um, their daughter okay. Jennifer was here as well. Okay. And, and Jennifer is the one who came over and made you pancakes, right? Grant's best friend as well. And Jennifer was one year older than Grant. And then um, that night that she came to that little message night, she had written a, a poem. And it was awesome. And anyways, then about a year and a half after all that, then Jennifer was killed in a car accident. <sighs> so we kind of got hit, and then we got hit, and then we got hit again. So we kind of had three major hits to our little country farming community with all these best friends. So right. that was tough. So then we found ourselves, when everybody was comforting and loving on us, my husband and I, we're then turning around and comforting and loving all these other families. Right. And and again, the message of hope there is that in the way of faith that, that Grant was able to touch Jennifer's life and Kevin's mm-hmm. life through his family laid a foundation for these two to prepare them 
for when yeah. it was their when it was their time, and we didn't you know even know about that. In our yeah. next few moments. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit, you know, about your book. And then when we come back from the break, too, you know, we'll again, we'll touch on the book and um, kind of some cool things that your community has done with uh, the county fair. I'll leave that there mm-hmm. as, a, okay. as a little hint. But, you know, after Kevin passed away and Jennifer passed away, did you find that um, you were able to really connect better with their parents, with their oh, yeah. si- with their siblings, you know, if if Grant's um, Kevin was a brother to one of Grant's best friends, you know, those kids had to have found themselves like, what the heck? My best mm-hmm. friend dies, my brother dies, you know. Then right. Jennifer passes away, and her family, you know. So, mm-hmm. do you do you find do you find that um, obviously? trauma causes it brings a bond between families even though you were bonded already do you find that you were able to really draw on that strength of of being able to understand and do you do you feel like that level of of empathy was just such i mean it's such a god given such a god given thing there's not even words to really describe it um yeah, there's just, we've always worked close, and I feel like now we're, like, really <laughs> bonded close. Um, you know, I remember one time, Deisha and I, that's Jennifer's mom, we were doing scholarships and at the high school, like, in memory of our kids, and we ran into one of our, because uh, our, my son Grant and Jennifer's brother Ryan, they played football together, and, um, we ran into a football mom, and she just looked at us like, oh, my gosh. It was almost like she was scared to talk to us because she didn't want to be part of our club. You know what I'm trying right, to say? And we're like, right. We're we have just about a minute. I just wanted to let you know. Go ahead. Mothers of dead children, you know what I'm trying to say? But right. I think some people are like, oh, my gosh, we don't want to get what they've got. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the three of the families were always close. Now we are so much more close. I think we our conversations sometimes can tend to be, what you normally wouldn't speak to with someone else. I mean, we kind of have, like, deep, you know, just... Right. I'm always super comfortable to talk with both of those families on things. I think I would talk about subject areas that you normally wouldn't talk to with other people, obviously. And the whole kid group, you know, but, I mean, also this has been now a few years, but um, definitely within the few years of all those three kids passing away, um, I always said I had mother hen feathers. Like every mom said, like, you got your mother hen feathers out to protect your children and your family. And right. mine just kept growing because I was like, oh, my gosh, and all these kids and then their friends and then their friends and their parents. I'm like, man, these feathers are getting huge. <laughs> uh, you want to protect everybody. <laughs> Explain it. Comfort everyone. Oh, my gosh. Um, but you know. there's such a bond. There's such a love. There's such a deep, deep love. And people are good. You know what? That's what you, one thing you realize. My girlfriend, Marge, always said it the best. Carol, they just want to take your pain away. You know, right, and that's what right. you want to do to someone hurting. You just want to take their pain away. Well, and, let's pause there, Carol. I apologize. Mm-hmm. We're going to just pause yeah. there because I think you, uh, us talking about your book coming up in a moment is going to just be uh, feathers to somebody that needs it when they read it. So we are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Carol Fruin, talk a little bit more about her book, and we will be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. Most of us have experienced the loss of a loved one, be it a friend or family member. There are all kinds of questions and emotional pain that we go through, but you can move on. Listen for From Morning to Morning with Rabbi Mel Glazer. It doesn't matter what faith you are, or if you even have no faith, you are sure to find meaning in Rabbi Mel's words and personal experience, as well as that of his guests. From Morning to Morning airs live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption, but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. You are listening to Raising the Bar with me, Amy Bredo, and our guest today is Carol Fruin. She is a speaker and an author, and she's an amazing, brilliant mom and friend, and apparently she has huge hen feathers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mama hen feathers. And I would love to, t- to talk about a couple things, and you let me know how you feel about that. Now, I think it's very important to just deliver the quick message of hope that, you know, we had touched on the fact that Grant was going through, you know, a teenage relationship. It didn't go exactly as planned, obviously, and that's something that he was clearly upset about, but not the main focus of, or, you know, the main um, drive behind his suicide. So, again, I wanted to be very sensitive and clear that there is no blame being laid at all. But I can also, as a mom, imagine that that would be, for me, the first direction I would want to go to blame and kind of tell me about how, how that was in just a few moments of, of, of how that was, because I want to be sensitive too to the people that were involved. That's a huge burden for somebody to carry in their life too. And I just love the healing in this story. Okay. Um, again, this I would have to just speed it up or fast forward it, but I really did not know Grant's girlfriend very well at all. And, um, of course, it was absolutely horrible situation for her as well as for us, et cetera. Right. Um, I would say the best thing with the healing with it is that I found 
said I felt like I could really trust her, that I felt like she was very honest with me when we were communicating. Um, I felt like I could be really honest with her. And I think what really started happening is um, God just started revealing himself to both of us. And we just saw these little miracles and huge miracles in our life. And we were brave enough to share them with each other. And that all of a sudden started catapulting both of our faiths that we started realizing, like, wow, we matter. God sees what's happening, and He loves us. Like, He's doing things that we couldn't even explain, um, and we would share it with each other. And um, it's crazy as it sounds. Um, again, she really didn't even know me very well, too, and we just felt really um, comfortable with each other. Like, it was a safe boundary between the two of us. And... Um, then to fast forward it, I love her. She's one of my best friends. I have to talk to her about anything. Um, she's my reward to all of this. It's not right. crazy, but she's my reward. I love her. I, I would do anything for her. I know why Grant loved her. And um, I always think that one day he's going to get to see her again in heaven. And um, she's awesome. She's she's so positive. She's really moved forward and catapulted her faith beyond like you could even imagine. And um, she's awesome. And I would so highly recommend if anyone is ever holding on to unforgiveness or, or whatever that is, that is just, it's, it's, it's not healthy. I know people always say that to you, but it really isn't. And if you can reach out, just reach out and share, share the miracles that God is doing in your life, because trust me, he is. And, um, and watch it grow, watch your faith, and watch your forgiveness grow between the two of you, and you'll have a beautiful, unexplainable, uh, heavenly relationship is all we can really explain on that. It's funny that of everything that we have touched on, the emotional roller coaster that has just occurred in the last 45 minutes, but uh, my heart for her and you, you know, at first I had this amazing sadness. I have tears running down my face, and if anybody hears me sniffling, I apologize, but what a, um, a, a wonderful, oh gosh, that's such a trite word, but it, it is, it just, it's mind-boggling to me that you were able to have this relationship with her. And I think about you and I think about her and I think about her parents and probably their over, you know, their consuming worry about what kind of path she would travel after an experience like this for her too. So God bless you. And I am uh, very grateful and thankful for the, for the path that this has gone because even I think uh, people that, that maybe don't have a tremendous faith, I do feel that forgiveness is a, a realistic goal that people can attain. But I feel like for me personally, God is going to be the best person to carry me from point A to point B, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I love that. Right. I love that story. And I love that she's growing and she's flourishing as a woman. And I, and I think it's amazing. And I love having that peace of mind that Grant and Jennifer and Kevin are together. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, I love, um, you know, I had touched base, you know, we have a great county fair in our area. And ironically, if that's real, whatever, you know, last summer I was there with my family and there's a statue that I see. And so those three kids were in 4-H together. Is is that how this happened? Yeah. Yeah. They're all farm kids and they were all in 4-H together and they showed like steers and pigs, et cetera. And so, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually, Jennifer had won Grand Champion Pig uh, that summer before she passed away. That was really cool. Anyways, but yes, so her uncle and the whole community um, came together. Her 
Jennifer's uncle was Grant and uh, Jennifer's 4-H leader. And um, and then Kevin's family as well, and a lot of their friends, uh, people all donated money and time and rebuilt the whole pig barn. They called the Swine Barn. It actually Memorial Swine Barn. So they did it in their memory. And oh. everyone in the community donated money. The 4-Hers donated their time and uh, worked really hard on there. And then it was dedicated in... Um, Gosh, it was the summer of 2012, and Jennifer okay. passed away February 2012. That's how fast they did it. It was crazy. But, yeah, so it turned out awesome. It, and uh, then they have, we have a cute little bronze statue up there that represents the three kids, and then there's a plaque in front of it, and uh, it has a really cool saying on it, and I don't even know if I'm going to remember it word by word, but um, it was something like three families, um, a farm field apart, one community that we'll never forget. Um, three best friends forever in our hearts or something like that. It just was a really cute thing. So something that people will always remember, those three awesome kids. That's, I love that. I'm going to, I'll for sure now have a better connection to it in my heart this summer when we Mm -hmm. go. Now let's talk about 43 kisses. I know 43 was Grant's football number, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and 43, you said, was a number for him that popped up all the time, and he'd always be like, Mom, this, Mom, that, and you kind of thought he was a goofball, correct? What are some some of those uh, symbols of 43 that popped up? Yeah, so, yes, he always saw that number, and we just, we would never pay attention to it. And then, um, it all started with a simple, desperate prayer to me, to God. To I asked God to show me, to reaffirm to me that he had Grant. And I had no idea that the way he was going to do it was through 43 kisses. And so what it really is, and this is why I wrote my book, um, just the miraculous ways that he would put the number 43 in our lives for constant, all the time. And not only would I see it, my husband would see it, my son would see it, his friends saw it, Reed saw it, I'm sorry, Grant's girlfriend, um, our daughter, everyone. And it's just the sweetest thing. God is so good. He is in every detail. He positively is in the details. And he has love that you had never knew that anyone even could love you that much, ever. Right. So, Carol, what are some examples of the 43 coming up? Say that one more time. What are some of the ways the number 43 would pop up, though? I was just curious. I think it's a very interesting. It's, it gives little, little. Um, it does, it gives literal kisses to our listeners to know kind of how the number 43 would pop up for you and for all those people. Well, I'll tell you the last significant one that then I decided to write my book. And I'll do my best on explaining it because it's a little hard to explain it without a picture. But I'll try to let you envision it in your eyes. Um, my son and my husband and Grant, they were all hunters. We actually have a little cabin in New Mexico that they would go hunting at. And they love hunting elk out there. And um, last year, no, I'm wrong on that, two years ago, I think it was now, my son Hayden was practice shooting. Like, you know, when you shoot an arrow to yes, a target, yes. they were practicing. And his buddy was as well. And they were both practicing at the same time, but they were standing at a little bit different distances. And, of course, not at a dangerous distance that they'd hit each other, just at different angles to the target. And they were shooting these arrows, and for some reason, his one friend numbered his little feather part on the arrows. Like, I think he'd number them, like, you know, one to ten, one being better, ten, who knows what his thinking was on that, but he just numbered them. And Hayden happened to be using his friend's arrows at the time. So basically, they were both shooting, and... Um, I believe Hayden's arrow hit the target first, and his friend's arrow hit it right after that. 
Well, if you can envision, his friend's arrow went right through Hayden's arrow. Oh, wow. Okay, and it made yep. a perfect cross. <sighs> it made a perfect cross. And when they went to go pull it out of the target, because his, his was in the target, his friend's arrow went through Hayden's arrow towards the top part of it. And again, it made a perfect cross. They pulled it out and looked, and they were, like, amazed that it even did that. And then number two, amazed that it made a cross. And number three, amazed that they couldn't pull it apart. And number four, amazed that one of the arrow feathers was a four and one was a three. Ah, oh, that just gave me goosebumps. And it's little things like that. Oh, my gosh. Totally, yeah, totally so that, that was one of my really confirmations that it was from God. So many times you would be like, it's a coincidence, it's a coincidence, it's a coincidence, and it finally was not a coincidence anymore. And I call them Godcidences. And there was just too many that it was, it was, it, I, I can't even want to say it was funny, but it was funny. It was, God has an awesome humor, sense of humor as well. Oh, yeah. And he has so much love and he would, there would just be funny 43 things. You know, here's another one that's crazy is our credit card. Won't go into details, but the last four digits are 4343. Yeah, you probably don't want to tell that whole number <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> Unless you're going to throw I mean, in the expiration crazy. and the we security code. section number 43 in our county. That's... In our township, we realized later we live in 43. Oh, my um, gosh. It's, it's endless. But I wrote a book called 43 Kisses, so if it ever gets published, there's a lot well, of scenarios in there. Yeah, and let's talk about that. I know that right now um, you're you're working with a few different, you know, ideas and and combing over it and everything and looking, you know, to have the book published and you're trying to decide who is going to be doing that. And it's very exciting. It's a great uh, time in your life, you know, to be moving forward, to be celebrating your children, to be celebrating Grant and his friends and to be just delivering that message of hope, of redemptive relationships, of, of little, you know, kisses, from mm-hmm, your son, mm-hmm. from your son, from God. And mm-hmm. I really think it's great because God allows those things to happen to, yeah. I think, bring you, bring you those moments of peace and breathe, bring you that moment of fresh air so that you can breathe and take that step forward. And I, and right. I think that that's, that's really what it's about. It's about um, huge faith, yes, and just knowing, like, God has it. So, so I think that's it. amazing. Now, are there any, is there anybody contributing to your book? Is it something you wrote on your own? Did your husband have any input? <laughs> and we have Martin just about Kurt, three right? minutes. We have about three minutes. <laughs> I don't, he, um, you know what? I, I used a lot of his stories. He has a lot of 43 stories. So an incredible okay. amount of farming 43 stories. Crazy. Like even our eight, eight bushels per acre sometimes in our one little area always seems to end in 43. Like what, it's just crazy. So yes, he had a huge input with his 43 stories. And it's been very encouraging. Um, no, I kind of just have done it on my own. I had a wonderful editor, though. Her name is Jennifer. I love her, um, and she's really helped me a lot. And um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting how God just puts it together because uh, never really have written a book before ever. Never yeah. thought I would ever have done that. So. Well, and who knows where this can lead? I know you said you've been able to do some speaking engagements as well. So I really feel just in the last few moments, um, for any of you that may have any questions for Carol, if, if any of you that are listening have experienced a loss through suicide or just the loss of a child in general or have a, a friend or a family member that has and you have any questions, please feel free to even send me an email at amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. 
I get these emails immediately. I will respond right away. And then I can connect you with Carol, if that's okay with you, Carol. But it's it's an easy way for our listeners to ask questions, you know, after they've heard the show or listened to the podcast. Now, you should be looking for this book, hopefully within the next year, maybe sometime uh, late 2016 or 17. And it is called 43 Kisses. And again, it's just a great story of hope, of a uh, little... God whispers and um, great relationships and forgiveness. So I'm I'm just so so very grateful that you were able to come on the show. Thank you, thank you, Amy, for having me. Oh, today, share about your son, share about your community, and it's also a story. Yeah, I appreciate it, and I just want to also encourage people to, you know, take this story and and reach out to your neighbors. You never know. What's going on in the house next door to you? You know, I live on a cul-de-sac. My house, the houses on our cul-de-sac are all very close together. And I don't know a lot about a few of my neighbors, you know. So it's just a great story of a community banding together um, through a horrible event. And I and I am so, so very grateful and thankful, or redundancy here, you know, that you have been able to still experience joy and bring hope to those around you. So God bless you. Thank you for writing your book. And uh, thank you again for being on the show. Again, if any of you have questions or comments, please feel free to email me at amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. And um, any quick messages you want to set out in this last minute here to anybody who's looking for hope? I would say here's my answer. Run to God, not from God. Awesome. He's awesome. there with open arms and you'll the, just your life will be forever better. Perfect. The wisest, wisest words. I agree with you. Well again, Carol, thank you so much for your time and I can't wait to just wrap my arms around you and say thank you in person. And I hope you have a great day. And everybody listening out there, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Until next time, this is Raising the Bar. Talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to Raising the Bar. Please listen for another edition with your host, Amy Bredo, next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, get out there and keep raising the bar. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.